0: Hey everybody, welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin, the only podcast where we go through all of Kevin Smith's movies in order. Uh, This week we watched Clerks 2, that's right, the sequel to Clerks 1. Uh, I'm Ted.
1: I'm Rose.
0: Hello, it's Trevor. Uh, And like I said, this week we watched Clerks 2.
1: Now, Trev, I believe... I believe that before uh, we watched this film, you made this prediction a couple of times that we would watch this film and me and Ted would enjoy it and say it was good and (laughs) you would have to talk us down from it.
2: That is uh, what I thought would happen,
0: yeah.
1: Ted, I want to ask you first, what did you think of the film? Awful. Okay, I'm going to go now. Horrible. I think it was awful. <laughs> I'm in full <laughs> it agreement. It I hate this film.
2: I have to say I'm pleasantly surprised. Just based on my memory of seeing it like 14 years ago and the fact that it was pretty well received at the time, I just assumed Wasn't. that this would be one that like you guys thought, oh, this was actually pretty good, <laughs> had some funny moments. And I would be like, no. But I'm glad that we're all in agreement that it sucks.
1: Yeah, this was a miserable experience. Really,
2: <laughs> truly terrible. Uh, well, it surprises me because y- you both have been very forgiving with a lot of the <laughs> earlier movies. And I just, and I agree that this movie's really bad, but I didn't think it was especially bad compared to, I mean, it's not worse than like Mallrats, you know? No.
0: But I think it's, it's bad in the exact same ways that a lot of his other movies are bad and doesn't really improve on them. I mean, in any aspect. There's no, like, (laughs) shard of hope in this one that there are in the others.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. It actually, like, I think Jay and Silent Bob's Strike Back was a big blow to my faith in Kevin. (laughs) But this one, I think, was kind of the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah. Because with Clerks 2, I kind of felt like this was a real opportunity to actually tell a kind of sincere story like going back to his roots and it was just so devoid of like anything that it kind of made me turn around and go like damn it i don't think this guy has a good movie in him like i think (laughs) i think i think trev might be right
2: here's what i'll say okay i'm it's really gratifying to hear that. <laughs> uh, here's what I'll say about this, because I know this is going to get negative very quick. <laughs> Comparing this to, say, mall rats, I have to say, you know, does Clerks 2 have any good jokes in it? No, not really. No. But it seems like at this point in his career, Kevin had figured out how to... Um, Make something that has the correct like cadence of a comedy, <laughs> Where, whereas Rats is just so dead and just devoid of any kind uh-huh. of life and just really joyless to watch. Whereas this, none of it is good or funny, but I just <laughs> didn't really hate watching it as much. It's it feel it feels a little bit more professionally done in that he like understands how to properly pace things and have the tone of something that feels like I'm watching a decent comedy, even though really like none of the jokes by themselves are funny at all. And, and it's, it's bad in all of the typical ways, but it just wasn't, the, the tone was very uh, bearable to me. Is, is basically how I feel oh. about
1: it. I think the only reason that I would rank this above Mallrats is that this film was shorter. That's like the only <laughs> That's thing I am yeah. going for it. It was like 90 yeah, it, minutes.
0: Nice length. Very appropriate length.
1: Still felt like a drag by the end of it. I was still like checking my watch, waiting for it to end. What do we even say about this movie? <laughs> <What do we laughs> the biggest thing about? that like
0: upset me was every single joke... Was so predictable, yeah. but they would like lead up to it, like real slowly, real slowly. And it's like, I already know the joke, just do it, and then so I can get over with it, I don't have to fucking watch the movie anymore. <laughs> oh, but yeah. No, this, I, this fucking
1: <laughs> sucks. Especially all, at the end with all the donkey stuff. I was like, I oh know where God. this is going. My <laughs> God, just get to it. It was so obvious.
2: Yeah, the lead up to it is so obvious. It's obvious that Kinky Kelly is the donkey and uh-huh. that the guy is the oh stud. Like we know where it's going. Holy and shit. then they dwell on that whole thing for so long. So long. We spend like 10, 15 minutes oh just seeing people react
0: to the, the donkey show. I will say in our group chat... uh, when I started watching the movie I think I, I said oh no I think I'm enjoying this movie um, and then about seven minutes later I said never mind uh, and it tricked me the movie did a trick on me because the, it, it opens with like, kind of like a decent it's not good but Not it's really. fine. It's I like, like a the decent opener. montage. Yeah. I like the And opener. it's set to uh, a Talking Head song. I'll open the podcast with it so you guys will hear it. That okay, so the <laughs> Talking Head
2: song, they're passing by all the fast food restaurants and they pass a Pizza <laughs> Hut while David Byrne is singing pizza the words hut. Pizza Hut.
0: <laughs> Which the, was incredibly stupid, but I still like it. Such a fucking corny choice. Huh. And then immediately after like the actual movie started, I was like, oh, this. This sucks. This is yeah. a bad movie.
1: Oh, I felt the same way. Yeah.
0: I have a little bit of history with this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, this
2: was the first Kevin Smith movie that I saw in the movie theaters. You
1: saw this in theaters? I did. I saw oh, this Lord, in theaters when
2: it came out. It'll probably also be the last Kevin Smith movie I'll ever see in the theater.
0: I mean, if he makes a new one and puts out in theaters, like we have to go see it for the podcast. Unfortunately. I don't know if we have another option. <laughs> doesn't seem like
2: anyone's willing to distribute his movies anymore. <laughs> he only releases them through these weird road shows where he does a QA and a and you have to pay like 50 bucks to go see it. And I am... <laughs> (laughs) Not doing that unless I actually get paid to do it. But, you know, I I saw this in the theater, and I was just a young man at the time, uh, pretty clueless about life in general, but I remember watching this, and I remember it dawning on me that, like, oh, this Kevin Smith guy is, like, an idiot, and he doesn't understand (laughs) how people talk. And even as a young, clueless virgin, like watching those scenes with Rosario Dawson and Dante and yeah. the flirting and stuff, I'm mm. thinking like, that's when I really first started thinking like, has Kevin Smith ever spoken to a woman before? <laughs> this I feels not so, okay with that. so weird and fake and completely like, feel alien when he's painting her toenails in the office at work like who does that and she's supposed to be his boss and we're supposed to believe that uh this fast food manager that looks like rosario dawson would fall (laughs) for her dumpy loser employee like what
0: the (laughs) get fucking real so like part of this is that it's i think 10 years after or nine years after events of the first clerks so they're like 33 Uh Yeah. Is Rosario Dawson also 33? I think she's about the same age. But she looks so much better. I mean... Yeah, of course.
2: And so it's just like, she's a movie star, and these guys clearly aren't.
1: So let's go through the the basic plot, I guess. So um, the old clerk's store that we all know and love, the whatever it's called, the quick stop, it burns down. um, And then Dante... And Randall get a job at what's it called? Like it's mo- movies, movies, mm-hmm. um, and the whole gang is back together, and now in a whole new setting, and they're all grown up, and just like the original clerks, wacky hijinks ensues. It's Dante's like last few days before he goes off and gets married and moves to like California or whatever, and that's about it. Uh, and then there's just a lot of bits. And then um, a guy fucks a donkey, and the movie's over. Yeah.
2: yeah. So Dante has an unbearable uh, fiancé uh, <laughs> yeah. played by Kevin Smith's wife, Jennifer Schwalbach, in the running oh, no. gag. Oh, Is that her? Yeah, yep. that's her. And the running oh. gag with her is that she has an abnormally large clit.
0: Yes. The word clit that Kevin yeah. Smith is so fond of. He loves it. They, yeah. they keep referencing it. Ugh. I genuinely don't know how to explain just how little sense everything makes yeah Mm -hmm. and and all the stuff that like should be explained a little bit is hand waved and then all the stuff that shouldn't be explained is explained in like 10 minute expository dialogue (laughs) yeah and it's it sucks
1: like they mention that uh that jay is like now in recovery that he's like sobered up or something. And I'm like, why aren't we watching that story? That's yeah. probably something that we can actually pull from. And we know that like Jason Muse has addiction problems. Like that's actually like some meat for a character right there. Why aren't we exploring it?
2: I don't, the, the idea of Jay being sober isn't really funny enough to get any material out of, I don't think. So it really didn't even need to be mentioned. No, but that's the thing <laughs> though
1: is that like this film i think you know you could have done you could have done just like a very slapstick goofy comedy with the clerks gang back together fine whatever but what i was hoping for and what the film kind of hints at is like a more sincere reflection of like how kevin smith has changed since that time and like maybe a reflection on aging and there's little hints of that, but it's never explored.
2: That's exactly what Kevin Smith thinks this is. Well, though. yeah, he I thinks mean... that's what it is,
1: but it's it's not. And it feels so <laughs> awkward, the whole thing. Like I, I, I kept thinking while I was watching it, I'm like, I wish this guy was in like, uh, I wish he had like a really good collaborator or something. Because what I was realizing with Kevin Smith's films in general, and I think why I have tried to give him the benefit of the doubt sometimes is that he often has good concepts and some pretty good characters but it's missing like it's it's missing the tightness it's missing like um the effectiveness of a good filmmaker and a good (laughs) writer (laughs) And this film in particular there is like Potential there for a really good story, uh, and he can't pull it off. And it, I think, Ro- that's what made me give up on him.
2: Rose, I think part of the struggle that you've been having with Kevin Smith <laughs> is you keep trying to project these uh, <laughs> concepts onto his work that have never entered his brain. <laughs> you keep you keep hoping for something more profound or meaningful <laughs> from one of these movies, and it's just not going to happen.
1: <laughs> I I agree with that. I've held out hope because his films often have elements that a better storyteller could explore and make really interesting. Yeah. And he doesn't do it. You know why
2: that is, right? Because he ripped he rips off those elements directly from better filmmakers and movies, but doesn't have any concept of what makes them good or interesting in the first place.
1: That might be accurate.
2: in In this movie, we uh, meet a new character named Elias, who mm-hmm. works with them at the at movies. And this is just a baffling character. An to awful me. character. Like, th- it's it's such a it's such a bizarre concept mm-hmm. of what like a nerd or something is like. Yeah. He's like this loser who loves Lord of the Rings and Transformers and he's really into Jesus and he's like kind of seems gay. It's like this weird <laughs> hodgepodge of like of traits that are like seem mm-hmm. a little bit maybe like self conscious on Kevin's part, especially with like the Jesus stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's like, I don't understand what we're supposed to identify from the real world in this character. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't get it, but he's actually, um, he features in what I think is the most famous scene from this movie, which is the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars (laughs) argument, which was, I remember before I saw Clerks 2, I remember seeing that clip on YouTube. It was like super, super popular. And now rewatching the movie, it fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. It's bad. It's awful.
2: The idea of this conflict between Star Wars fans and Lord of the Rings fans doesn't feel like a real thing. No, um, uh, Elias basically exists for so Randall has somebody to be mean to yeah. the whole movie, and
0: so he's just this weird hodgepodge of traits that Randall would uh, dislike. What What's weird about that is that Elias, like, he's the religious guy, and he's got all these these bits with him, but. Like Dante throughout the entire movie has a visible cross that he's wearing.
2: Yeah. And then... Mm. Jay is into Jesus now. Yeah. Randall references the Bible a bunch. There's a lot of Bible stuff in this
0: yeah. movie. Like the Dante or Jay, neither of them ever like bring it up past... Dante never brings it up. He's just wearing yeah. the cross. Jay never brings it up past the first time <laughs> he says it. And it's really only like an excuse to have a cameo from Dogma where it's the... What yeah. do they call it?
1: Like, the Buddy Christ. Buddy Christ, yeah. yeah. But
2: also, if if Elias is such a devout Christian and comes from this Christian family, why are they letting him work at the Golden Calf uh, restaurant? <laughs> like, isn't that... He's doing idolatry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was some uh, poetic um, rhyming in the plot of, uh, of the film in that, as we all know, in the original Clerks... Uh, the original Clerks was an adaptation of Dante's Inferno. Oh, God. (laughs) Dante going through the circles of hell. So in Clerks 2, when he arrives at the quick stop, he opens it up and it's on fire representing his descent in into hell
0: <laughs> good lord and, and I now guess.
1: and now with clerks two it's his uh his emergence he, he moves to the the later entries past dante's inferno he moves into what is it purgatory and um <laughs> at the end good of the lord. film whatever whatever the last dante book is called i can't remember what it's called right now
2: <laughs> i have no idea it's the, is the last one heaven. Oh, paradise. That's what of parad- paradisio. Paradisio.
1: Yeah. So that's the end of Clerks two. Is parad he moves into paradisio, and uh, oh, I wow. assume Clerks three will expand on this uh, on this concept. Is there a Clerks three? I mean, Kevin there- talks about it. it yeah. Already.
2: In inshallah, Clerks three uh, <laughs> will come to
0: pass.
1: Oh, Clerks three is just
0: the Irishman, but for Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> that would be excellent. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, doing the de-aging on <laughs> Randall.
0: I would love to see a de-aged Dante. <laughs> oh,
2: I forgot to mention, uh, the working title for this movie was Passion of the Clerks because Passion oh of the Christ God. was popular at the time.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's kind of a funny, funny title. <laughs>
2: Last I heard, uh, the working title for Clerks 3 is Twilight of the Clerks, which would be a reference to Twilight of the Gods, the Wagner opera (gasps) about Norse mythology. (laughs) So who knows what kind of lofty ideas he's going to stuff into that one if anyone ever lets him make it. The Weinsteins are disgraced. Who is going to put up the money to make (laughs) more Clerks movies? We should say the big
0: title card for this movie has... Weinstein something <laughs> produced. And it's like, yeah, oh, I don't know about that. One.
2: <laughs> of course, it's it's inextricable. Yeah, uh, uh, apparently his movies now are being funded by Haim Saban, who's like an evil like Israeli uh, billionaire.
0: That's a really good like. That's an efficient way to export evil into the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so con- continuing with uh, the plot of this shitty film, uh, I want to talk more about Rosario Dawson's role. Yeah. Besides, besides her being just like absurdly attractive compared to disgusting Dante. Um, this <laughs> Who is they also, call it
2: chud. They call Dante a which chud. Which I found repeatedly. very funny.
1: That's pretty good. Um, but Rosaria Dawson fulfills in this role uh, a role which I have taken to calling um, the sex scientist. Which I think oh, tre- Trev, you kind of pointed <laughs> out in, in our last film, but this is a Kevin Smith archetype of a woman who is very intelligent and has a lot of sex, but like views it in a very clinical, analytical way and like analyzes men's desires <laughs> and is for some reason like completely charmed by absolute like asshole, gross ass dudes. So we yeah. get a, um, in her, I think it's her big introduction, we get a scene which um felt like Kevin just like ripped off a Seinfeld script or something. Like it was straight <laughs> out of Seinfeld where they're talking about doing ass to mouth. And Dante- You never go ass to mouth! It was right out of Seinfeld. I couldn't believe it. it. It sounded like a Seinfeld impression. So Dante and um Randall are talking and Randall's talking about how he likes to have sex with underage girls. Which I'll just move past.
0: Technically they're legal like, In New Jersey at 17 (laughs) is what he was saying, which I think just makes it
1: worse. (laughs) That might, yeah, I don't know, that that might make it worse. Um, so they're talk, so Randall's talking about. I'm still gonna say Randall's talking about having sex with underage girls, and he talks about how these girls are crazy. They want to go ass to mouth, and then we get this Seinfeld ass scene where they're just going back and forth, going. Oh, do no, they want you to go ass to mouth? You never go ass to mouth. Ah, I go ass to mouth all the time. And then Rosario Dawson comes in, and she's like, just like Elaine would. She's like, hey, would you ever go ass to mouth? You never go ass to mouth. Like, ugh, like holy shit! It it felt like um, it felt like a, a parody of Seinfeld. It felt like something like in Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they reenact a the Seinfeld scene.
2: Doesn't the ass to mouth thing feel so quaint? Uh, these days like <laughs> the the idea that that uh, seemed uh, like such a strange thing uh, to Kevin yeah. Smith at the time is very funny
1: 2020 we eat an ass uh, according to Twitter uh, yeah <laughs> that's
2: true eating ass is mainstream now so <laughs> ass to mouth doesn't seem like a big deal
1: god last year I had um I had an incident where I was hanging out with a buddy of mine and we were talking about like online jokes and stuff like that I remember he very sincerely asked me he was like but really, like, are people actually eating ass or is that just like, is, is that just a bit? Uh, and I was like, it's, I was like, dude, it's 2019. We eat an ass.
0: <laughs> oh Lord. So then this character played by uh, Rosario Dawson, I-, I think her name is Becky, but they call her Bex because she's yeah. like cool and one of the guys. Yeah. Clearly there's, like, a flirting thing going on with her and Dante. Oh, it's awful. She does a pretty good job. She had a tough role, and she did a pretty good job, like, making herself seem like she had chemistry with uh, Dante.
1: She handles it way better than, like, Liv Tyler did in the last film. So
2: much better. Dante trying to pull off those romantic moments with her is so cringe.
1: Oh, like, j- j-
2: just, I mean, just seeing the Rosario close ups isolated and not seeing the rest of it, you might think, oh, <laughs> she has chemistry with whoever else is in that scene. But then we go back to Dante <laughs> oh. and he's like doing like romantic <sighs> eyes at her and shit. And it's like, stop
0: that. It's, it looks oh like he's God. leering at her from across a classroom.
2: Yeah, he looks every like such a creep. Time. But then we cut back to Rosario and she's like smiling. And it's like, this is <laughs> working for you. <laughs> Oh. and the And the fact that Dante is like into painting her nails, and that she, like, comes to work and has her has him paint her nails in the office and it's like something that they both enjoy. And it's like their dirty little secret that he's painting her nails in the office. That made me feel so that? bad. What is that about, man? <laughs>
1: like- well, well, I can offer some enlightenment because as a Kevin Smith scholar, <laughs> I recognize the, again, the, the the poetry of these films. If you remember oh in the opening of the original Clerks, um Dante and his uh his girlfriend I can't remember her name <laughs> who cares
2: it doesn't matter
1: <laughs> veronica it was veronica um he's with veronica and the quick stop or whatever and they're behind the counter and she's painting her nails that's how they that's how they hang out
0: oh right okay yeah.
2: she's painting her nails i though. think so he's not doing
1: I, I would have to i'd have to double check uh you know but- the original text
2: yeah, but <laughs> all, but also, and they're also currently dating, and she isn't his boss. There's a lot about that that's different well, that's true. that makes this whole thing make no sense.
1: <laughs> I was going to say we can get into this later, but we can jump into this right now. This movie also... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, it, do, it doesn't matter. Who fucking cares? This movie is just like, it's garbage. Um, so oh, with, with the original Clerks, I remember like um, I enjoy a lot of that film, but part of what frustrated me was like that there is a very useless kind of Gen X rebellion to it. There's like no actual um there's no class consciousness. There's no actual like boss that they're angry at or whatever.
0: There's not but, even any like solidarity with Yeah, even yeah. to friends. Of course not.
1: But but this film takes it up another notch and actually like kind of fetishizes the role of being a boss, which just felt yeah. like so gross. <laughs> It felt like such a betrayal because, of course, she is the cool boss who he's sleeping with. And that's supposed to be awesome. And then spoilers, the big end of the film is that (laughs) they own like the quick stop now. Like, yeah, they are bosses now.
0: (laughs) I don't know if they're quite bosses, though, because it seemed like they were just going to work there.
1: No, they. No, own well, they it. did.
2: They hired. They hi- they're the owners, and they hired hire. Elias yeah. to work at the yeah. video store. But so I- they are bosses.
1: <laughs> so like, so like That's the
2: definition of a
1: boss. So now Dante's like this shitty dude who's going to be calling people up when they're not supposed to be there and telling them they have to come into work. Like, what? Th- well, am I supposed to no, feel so... happy about this? Well, Kev- what what well I Kevin got from the Kevin end Smith
0: was Kevin that? L- okay, go ahead. <laughs> what I got from the end of that was that because it ends with the song Misery or something, and it seems like. It's like a, the graduate ending. I mean, it's really badly done, so no, who fucking knows? No, but. You're, you're reaching. It's a purely <laughs> happy ending, dude. I, I don't know, dude. It like fades back to black no. and white. I, I will admit, like, it can be interpreted different ways, uh, but not in like a, like a cool, ambiguous way, in a way that it sucks. But like, I, I got the feeling that maybe they realize like, oh shit, our lives suck still. And I was like, okay, that's at least good. But
2: I'm sorry, but you're just wrong on this, (laughs) Ted. I want to, I want to give you a little bit of insight into the way Kevin views this kind of work. He loves his old boss at the Quick Stop, or whatever the real life version of the Quick Stop is, where he filmed. Yeah, he had, he had these bosses, the owners of the place, who were like an Indian couple, and they let him film his movie there. You know, Uh and he'll, and I've seen posts. I would have to look for it now, but he has a post with them and they're at the counter and he's like, these guys gave me my start in life. They gave me my first job. I worked there for six years and I filmed clerks. I'm so grateful for everything they've done for me. So, K- Kevin doesn't have a problem with bosses. The way God, he sees it. it is that the owner, um, e- e- the owner of the Quick Stop, gave him his start, and he owes them like everything.
1: <laughs> Good lord, Ted. I kind of see where you were coming from because when I was watching the movie and it did the fade to black and white, um, my feeling was I was like, any director that really knows his material would know that fading back to this black and white is like very ominous. Yeah, that it doesn't feel good, but I really, really do not think that that but is what is intended with that scene. It's
2: it's precisely the opposite. Yeah, I think it's the opposite when. Because when the film starts being in color is when everything starts to go wrong. Mm, The fire burning down the quick quick stop turns the movie to color. And also the quick stop burning down like ruined Dante's life. Now he has to go work this shittier job at a fast food place. And then he finally gets his life back at the end when he and Randall... Uh, by the quick stop and guess what it goes back to black (laughs) and white because he's happy again because working at the quick stop his whole life is what he wanted
1: and and again like just another instance of just a tragic example of just like an artist not recognizing what works about their own uh, about their own film but i remember watching clerks and part of what i really like about that movie is that very stilted minimalist black and white aesthetic and how like grim it makes the corner store feel and how like a
2: complete accident. Yeah. (laughs) Not not intentional at all. Yeah.
1: And with that like fade to black and white at the end of clerks too. I'm like, Oh my God, it was, it was just, he doesn't even know what the black and white communicates. Like it's totally (laughs) unconscious. He just lucked out.
2: It's nostalgia. The first clerks was black and white. Black and white represents the past. The past is when we were happy. We want to go back to it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it sucks so bad.
2: Also, speaking of Kevin Smith not understanding the reality of work and the labor <laughs> struggle, uh, I a big thing that annoyed me at this about this movie, especially now because I've worked in fast food, is like how like you can't when you work at a fast food restaurant, you don't have time to sit around in your fucking boss's office and paint her no. toenails. <laughs> you have to work all the time you can't just disappear for two hours and go ride go-karts and not immediately get fucking fired (laughs) it's (laughs) the whole thing is so insane like they never have you know and it's one thing in clerks when they're basically fucking around and not having to do any work because like they're basically running the store and Mm -hmm. can close it down when they want so i'll kind of buy that even though it's a little unrealistic but if you're working at mcdonald's or something you have to be working non-stop. Yeah. If there are enough people on staff that you have time to sit around, they'll cut people and send them home. Yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. And then the when they come back from riding go-karts and Rosario's all pissed like where were you? Like and they look like they're all crazy busy or whatever. There's like two people in line. That's not a rush at yeah. all. Like they could easily handle. They make it seem all urgent for a minute, but they just have to serve this one customer, and then like <laughs> they go back to doing nothing. And it's like this is so far removed from what the reality of working in food mm-hmm. service is like. And Kevin has
0: clearly never experienced it. The go kart bit happens because uh, Randall, like he's upset or something. Who cares? He sucks. Um, and he really <laughs> needs to clear his head. And so they're like, all right, we'll go do go karts, man. Like, you'll feel better after go karts, which, you know, true. But, and that's after that, that's like right at the halfway point of the movie. After that, the movie gets so bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, even worse.
0: So, like, I kind of felt that, that was a good stopping point. So I like watched that. Then I stopped watching it and did some other stuff. And I came back and just had an awful time. Uh, the scene when they come back. Uh, Randall just rips off a bunch of racial slurs that I don't feel comfortable saying (laughs) Um,
1: not on mic not on (laughs) mic
2: I'll put that in afterwards to put this in proper context I think like we need to explain that the impetus for this scene is that Randall doesn't know that porch monkey is a racial slur and he thinks that that's just a term for someone who's lazy so he says it very loudly in front of a couple of black customers and they get all pissed off and everyone's yelling at him and then randall responds completely incredulously by saying the n-word a bunch of times times. and then listing every racial slur for a black person that he knows in
0: front of the black customers and everybody keeps trying <laughs> to get him to stop yeah, and he's like, like oh, what? He what?
1: shut up <laughs> okay see Ugh. see this is the thing with this scene is I did remember this scene and I remembered this one being like one of the funnier scenes in the movie um, oh and re <laughs> it.
2: Canceled. We got her. I I bet I thought this scene was hilarious when I was like (laughs) 17. I'm sure I loved it.
1: Well, the thing is, is that I did not remember that they actually do say the N word. Like multiple Mm -hmm. times, hard R. I did not remember that aspect. I just remembered the... uh, porch monkey bit sorry for saying that i don't like saying um but i just but i just remembered that and i remember him listing some like very old like slurs or something and everyone freaking out and i remembered his bit about like oh no it's fine i'm i'm taking it back and i remember that being like kind of a funny running bit but i didn't yeah i did not remember that he says like and not just like goofy old timey slurs, but like still very, very current, really, really yeah. bad ones. And like
0: two black people, <laughs> two,
1: two, black two people. yeah,
0: two black customers at yeah. the store which who is does anybody know what the woman
1: actress's name was i feel like oh, I wanda, sykes. wanda sykes yeah it was wanda
2: right. sykes and earthquake the comedian
1: wanda sykes who i keep on thinking about lately because there's that marvel show coming out called wandavision and i, oh. <laughs> I don't know what it's about but whenever I, someone starts talking about it i just keep picturing like a marvel show starring wanda sykes
0: That'd be good. I, That's more of like a Suicide Squad thing. I, oh, yeah. I always just
2: think of Wanda Sykes in Curb Your Enthusiasm. She's really good
0: at that. That's where I know her from.
2: The one where Larry yells at her and says she has a big ass and calls her <laughs> big ass Wanda.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, isn't it good to laugh? I love oh. it. Uh. <laughs> I love a good comedy like Curb Your Enthusiasm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so insane that neither Randall nor Dante get fired. Uh, Mm. in that scene and also Rosario Dawson Becky I should call her Becky I guess is mad at them for like five seconds and the very next scene she goes right back to just pining for Dante and it's like that's so fucking Mm -hmm. unrealistic like you just fucked up her whole day (laughs) <laughs> like i don't know what world kevin is living in where your your hot boss falls in love with you <laughs> and doesn't stay mad at you for totally fucking up at your job it just, just doesn't happen like leaving
0: to do go-karts yeah
1: and here's another pattern i've been recognizing in kevin's films especially with the women is like using um Um, I'm mainly thinking of using the women, but also using Hooper in Chasing Amy to say certain things that he knows that his male characters shouldn't say, or using them as a device to like wave away things that are very offensive. So like getting Hooper to do his big speech. Um, But Mm -hmm. also like, I think the, the sex scientist lady archetype that Kevin keeps (laughs) pulling at, I think part of that is that. If they are the ones that are, like, talking really explicitly about sex, then that makes it, like, more okay. And he doesn't really have to think too much about... more mature. Yeah, and he doesn't have to think too much about, like, how women actually relate to sex if he writes it in this very analytical way. And with this scene, I was thinking, like, like, Rosario Dawson... Uh, Like, I'm not sure what her ethnicity is, but she's a woman of color. And I think part of her role in that scene is honestly to be kind of the, uh, I don't know if there's a literary term for this, but to be the person who like, laughs it off.
0: I yeah. believe the, the term is N-word card. I think that's
2: <laughs> what people are calling it. She, well, it's she's she's mad at Randall because it's inappropriate. Yeah, he's being but she's rude. But not, she's not offended because she knows that Randall isn't, like, malicious and he's just an idiot. Yeah. So, like... It makes it seem less bad that this woman of color is mad at him just as his boss. Because, hey, what are you doing? There's customers. You can't say that. But it doesn't seem like she would be mad if it was like in private.
1: Exactly. She's mad in a way which still lets him be kind of innocent and lovable. I think also like Chasing Amy did that with LGBT stuff too, with like a lot of the homophobia in that film was able to be laughed off because Alyssa or whoever was there to be like. Oh, it's just yeah. it's are oh, it's so silly. I'll explain it to you.
2: <laughs> also the shit that we really don't need that adds nothing to the comedy is Dante like lecturing uh Randall on why what he said was racist. Oh my God. It's Ooh. like we don't need we don't need that in the scene.
0: It yeah. It's really horrible. It That's so
1: didactic. <laughs> I hated it. Another instance of like trying to repeat stuff from Clerks and just having it like not work anymore are Dante's relationships. Um, because in the original Clerks, even though I had my criticisms with the relationships there, it does actually make sense why he is with both of those women, because there's this idea that, you know, they were all kind of in high school together. And it's a lot of people that are at different stages of their lives. So it kind of makes sense why Dante would have like a girlfriend like Veronica. Um, but in this film, Dante's much older and mm-hmm. it's not like him and Rosario Dawson like grew up in the same place together or something. She's just his boss. So it does not make any sense why this like super gorgeous, intelligent, successful woman would be with him.
2: Yeah. When you're like a loser in your 20s, your early 20s with a shitty job, it's like fine, it's mm-hmm. expected. Mm-hmm. When you're in your 30s and you're just this schlubby, dead end loser with no prospects mm. there's nobody wants to fucking date you that's not it's <laughs> just not realistic
1: and i don't think we ever got a moment where like dante proved otherwise like i don't really remember yeah. a time where He's he not- showed us
2: He's not charming. He's not attractive. He's not particularly smart. He's got nothing going for him. Yeah,
1: he's an asshole.
2: He's only like a positive character in contrast to Randall. (laughs) Because Randall's an asshole and Dante is like neutral. But there's nothing appealing about Mm -hmm.
0: him. Another like weird sort of mirroring of the first one is like the whole, both movies like center around a love trial with Dante and two women. Mm -hmm. uh the first one he's with a great woman and then like fucks it up this one he's with like a bad woman but her parents are gonna give them a house in florida
1: yeah um
0: and she's barely in the movie at all but it's implied or it's stated by rosario that like she doesn't love you man like she just is like using you i don't i don't even remember what exactly it said but it was something about like the only reason she's with you is because she like is a bad person and you shouldn't be with her
2: it's you don't really love her you just think you do because she was like the popular girl in high school exactly what rosario says
0: and and then like he ends up with cool, fun Rosario yeah. Dawson, and it's like, why?
2: Yeah, also they give her the whole thing where she's like, I don't really believe in love, and that's yeah. like overcome oh. by Dante showing her a ring, and she's like, yeah, I do want to marry you. And yeah. after after he spent the whole movie just fucking up and embarrassing her mm. and making her life difficult, like t- doing nothing to like uh, really earn uh, her love it's she's just like yeah i, I love you
1: it's kind of like okay. in uh, in dogma when uh we meet the the girl protagonist who lost her faith and uh yeah. we have to watch her regain it by the end of the film uh dante helps rosario dawson uh regain her faith in love <laughs> <laughs> Awful. but also Awful. The, the, the love triangle in this one too is just like my god i didn't realize how much i'd be praising the original clerks i really feel like i feel like um that moment in uh in Watchmen with sally jupiter when she's like uh you know the future gets darker but the past even the grimy parts get a little bit brighter (laughs) i keep looking back at clerks and i'm like damn there's so much stuff that's so much better than that the love triangle in clerks like makes sense on a thematic level like it actually is a pretty good conflict with Dante and this woman who is like really great and has stuck by him but like he's gotten kind of used to and feels like entitled to and this exciting new woman who he doesn't really have the same connection to but he may like He may switch over to her because he's basically a selfish asshole and he he doesn't he doesn't think about things in the long term in this one i don't even get what the conflict is except that on the one hand you have his fiance or whatever who wants to drag him into the boring life of owning a home or whatever and then you have hot cool rosario dawson who wants to i don't know fuck around (laughs) Like I, I don't know what the two paths are.
2: But she's pregnant and yeah. wants to keep the baby. The big so oh twice. Yeah, is sorry. she's pregnant. It
1: is revealed that she gets she's pregnant, but that plot beat felt so insignificant. I wasn't even thinking about it. It
0: doesn't really even come up. It doesn't. Like, so like it's just like oh, proof that they had sex.
1: So like, how are these even that different of paths then? If like on the one hand you have. Dante feeling like he should go move with this girl and get married because that's what you're supposed to do and then on the other hand you have Dante who may become a father <laughs> (laughs) because that's what you're supposed to do
2: Dante is such an inert character who's so unwilling to like make a decision for himself so like she has to be pregnant in order to force him to actually do the thing that he clearly wants to do like his fiance is clearly awful there's no and also Rosario Dawson is cool and like in love with him and yet for some reason he's just like oh I just can't do this until he finds out that she's pregnant and then that's like forces like an aspect of responsibility onto it, I guess. (laughs) Rather than just having him like having his arc be like that he realizes he needs to take control of his life and make a fucking decision for himself. You know? Yeah,
1: that's my confusion is I'm like, so what is like the revelation of him going with Rosario? Like what change did his character go through? It doesn't seem like anything actually happened over the course of this movie. (laughs) Uh,
2: also uh, another Uh, something that reminds me of dogma a little bit is that at Rosario Dawson's lowest point she drives to a women's clinic and (laughs) sits in her car and presumably just thinks about having an abortion Mm. but quickly comes to her Mm. senses to to return to Dante so weird
1: oh uh, god Let, okay let's just go through like <laughs> let's just go through the major bits of this film and and, <laughs> and talk about them quickly this thing sucks so bad so is so there talk there's the the lord of the rings and star wars conversation which is Sags. uh lame as hell doesn't make sense not very funny uh surprising amount of slurs
0: Surprising, <laughs> yeah there's a short bit where uh so if you guys remember from Dogma, the movies has like a little computer you can use. Yeah. There's a yeah. short bit where Randall is like antagonizing people on a, I think like wheelchair user forum.
1: Oh right. Yeah. Which, it's, a, it's
0: a blog, a blog written by a, a wheelchair guy. Yeah. yeah. Insane. I actually paused it to read that. Sucks. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, and that that's just sort of dropped.
1: Um, we got uh, of course we get the. The scene where Randall says a bunch of slurs. Yeah.
2: We we had some fun cameos. We have uh, Ben Affleck with a handlebar mustache. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to see him
0: jason lee uh
2: fully earled out yeah yeah. in earl mode and so jason lee is a guy they know from high school who randall is cruel to and mocks for getting sexually assaulted with a pickle like that's the whole (laughs) joke of jason lee's character Uh and he's like rich now that that he was violently assaulted in school and that's something that uh makes him a loser (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I do I do have to admit, though, the one laugh that I got out of the movie was a Jay thing. Actually, Jay had a couple of decent moments in the movie, but um, mm-hmm. during that scene where they keep calling Jason Lee pickle fucker, and he gives him like the gross uh, burger and everything, and Jason Lee hands it to Jay, and Jay is like, thanks, pickle fucker. That actually got a <laughs> laugh out of me, just I, that Jay just knows who he is.
1: <laughs> there was one time where I laughed really hard during the movie. And that was when uh, I looked at my phone and I saw someone shared that uh, Drill tweeted the word jeans, but he spelled it with a, <laughs> but he spelled it with a G, yeah. and I, I laughed really hard at that. Uh, yeah, I didn't. That laugh. was funny. That was the only time I laughed during the movie. Not,
2: yeah. <laughs> There's an extended donkey show mm-hmm. bit at the end, which is really with the joke of it. Obviously, is that Randall hires the donkey show for. Uh, Dante thinking that it's going to be a woman fucking a donkey yeah. but much to his surprise obviously it turns out it's a man fucking the donkey M- which is so and much every- worse of course and ev- yeah everybody's horrified by it and it's like oh a guy fucking a donkey that's so disgusting as if a woman getting fucked by a donkey wouldn't be disgusting
1: <laughs> this, this, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. this would
2: have been cool if it was a chick
1: this is one of those moments <laughs> that like uh, you know after we read Kevin's long ass letter about how he's not homophobic <laughs> how he's not homophobic Like, these are the types of moments that stick out so much to me. Because it's obvious that the joke of it is that being gay is gross. Like, that's what makes it gross.
0: Like,
2: oh, bestiality. That's pretty funny, right? What if it was gay bestiality? Yeah, like,
1: (laughs) now it's, like, disgusting. Uh, and, of course, the film has lots of, like, calling people faggots and stuff, uh, yeah. like making fun of the Lord of Rings for being gay. When- <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic running thing with Kevin's films.
0: Then, after that, uh, the cops bust in. Also a fireman, which was curious. Because Dante called them.
2: He called them before he went in because he thought uh, right. that the yeah. restaurant was on fire.
0: Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. He well, call- so anyway- yeah. He
2: called 911 and said Movies is on fire. Yeah. And then they showed up like 20 minutes later.
0: Yeah. Then they all get arrested and they're all in jail. And that's yeah. like like in Clerks 1. Dante finally confronts Randall. And they have an even longer, even more unbearable like heart-to-heart that is oh my God. not at all different from the first one. No. Like same points, same thing. Like it's the same and it still sucks, but it sucks even fucking worse.
2: Yeah. It, it's it's also so disingenuous with Randall being like, you know, uh, you're the only person that cares about me and blah, blah, blah. And I love you and stuff. But it's like, clearly all we've seen Randall do is like deliberately sabotage Dante and just be a mm-hmm. piece of shit to him. So it like rings really false when all of a sudden it's like, how could you abandon me and go to Florida? Like, I love you, man. And it's just like, like Randall is clearly a shitty friend. Yeah. It's his whole thing.
1: And we got, you know, we got Jay and Silent Bob too, and a little meta joke where Jay, where, you know, they're ready for Silent Bob to give his big end of the movie speech as he has so many times before. And then he doesn't do it. And I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to go for that kind of like meta thing. But then, no, they back they back out of it. And he actually does talk for a little bit. (laughs) I'm like, come on, you couldn't even just commit to it. It, it
2: would have been great if he just shrugged and didn't actually say anything. Oh,
1: but then of course he has to like insult Jay or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it just we've, feels We've so seen stupid. that we've seen
2: this before. He basically did the same thing to yeah. Jay in like chasing Amy, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. The the absolute I think what I think what angered me about this film the most, the thing I found most insulting was just the laziness of it. Yep. like it felt so half-baked and i'm like this is the script that kevin should have sat with for a long time like this is the one that should have been mulled over and really thought about because he's oh
2: i think it i think it was
1: really <laughs> yeah
2: th- like this is what you're not getting about kevin he really just is that <laughs> fucking stupid like this is the best he can do
1: <laughs> that's really sad <laughs> Uh, I, I
2: I mean all of those things, all the stuff you said about why the first Clerks works for you, a total accident, and I don't think he even put as much thought into Clerks as you have. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you know, you look back on it and be like, oh, this movie worked, but he just mm-hmm. gets worse and worse. I the way I look at it is Clerks <laughs> was fucking ground zero for Kevin Smith bullshit that has just spread and gotten out of control. It all starts with all of the like terrible qualities that just metastasize over the course of his career it's all there in clerks you can see it it (laughs) just wasn't as bad yeah
1: i mean you're right and and i do think that like clerks and i think i said this in our review that i think that a lot of the elements i like about it come from the circumstances of filming it and how Mm -hmm. well those mesh with the story and where kevin was in his life i think it all comes together but looking back i think it was a little bit of uh lightning in a bottle moment where just like the right things came together at the right time and watching him try to recapture it in this movie made me like sad (laughs) it was not a pleasant experience at all um one good thing i will say though is that i did actually much prefer um jason muse's performance in this compared to a lot of the previous films because, like, uh, we were talking about in, in Jane Slant, Bob Strike Back, like, he seemed so uncomfortable on screen. Yeah. It felt so weird to watch him. Like, I didn't enjoy it. In this one, it did feel like he was, um, um, like, he's, he back. Was, he's back. And he felt very natural. And with the sobriety thing, I don't, I don't know. Like, I felt he kind of gave his character a little bit of weight that should have been explored, but ultimately wasn't. But yeah, I thought he was good again, and I was happy about that.
2: Yeah, no, I really, I'd said before I was so sick of Jay and Silent Bob, but I really think that Jason Mewes gave a pretty good, like he really gave it his all, just with little things where they're like, um, I, I forget what it was. It was like during the the donkey show and someone like says something and Jay's like, I don't think so, sir. Like when the guy is about to <laughs> fuck the donkey, like he just has yeah. these great little deliveries, even though the material's not good. Yeah. I also, I also have to admit, I laughed a little bit when, when they're in jail and Jay called Dante and Randall faggots under his breath, just the way <laughs> that was funny. the way yeah. the way he delivered. It was pretty funny. <laughs> like, like honestly, Jason Muse is pretty good in this movie.
1: Yeah. He's still, he, he's still giving it his all like props to Jason Mewes. This is, uh, not just a good performance, but like a good evolution of his character, which, um, nobody else in the movie was doing uh, <laughs> he's
0: the only character in the movie that grew up yeah
2: this is brian yeah. o'halloran's worst performance I, by far yeah, he oh, is geez. awful to watch in this i've
1: actually enjoyed him in some of the other films yeah when, he, when he's shown up and in this one i was like god dude they should have recast you
2: yeah i thought <laughs> i said before i thought he was funny in mall rats he really kind of made that stupid little part entertaining. yeah yeah I have to say, though, the Jay and Silent Bob, the Buffalo Bill bit they do, which was already a dated reference by the time the first Clerks came out, (laughs) is is really bad.
1: Not a a fan. And it continues this pattern, which uh, I I think maybe only I see, but just of, like, Kevin having these weird underlying things with trans people that, like, aren't explicit, Mm. but are just, like... They kind of pop up in each of his films, these weird little things about gender and obsessions with genitalia and like what makes a person a man or a woman and doing the Buffalo Bill dance and having uh, Jay tuck his dick between his legs. I was like, yeah, you know, this isn't explicitly like transphobic, like the film is homophobic, but God, it just keeps on coming up in his movies, these very weird little gender things.
2: Well, yeah, that's something with Jay and Silent, or sorry, with uh, Silence of the Lambs, where it's like <laughs> Jay and Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> <laughs> Jay and Silent. That'd be Jay a great and movie.
1: Silence of the
2: Lambs. I mean, because some people have criticized the Buffalo Bill character yeah. being transphobic, right? But it's presented in a, a sort of a serious context. But then Kevin Smith sees that and is like, "Oh, that's funny. I want to like do that, <laughs> but as a joke." It's
1: just, yeah. <laughs>
2: And then that's the whole joke. There's nothing to it. It's just Jay doing the thing from the movie, and that's supposed to be funny. And
1: doing it twice. like Yeah. You know, yeah I'm like, it it wasn't funny the first time. Like, Why is it coming up again?
2: I thought that last uh, Jay and Silent Bob moment would be like a callback to the first movie, like they would play the Berserker song that's or something. That's what I was
1: expecting. I
2: wanted that so bad. But it's just a callback to the bad joke from <laughs> earlier in, <this> <laughs> in the same movie. In
1: film. It was. It was like the. Uh, it was like the the much superior version of Clerks. Clerks, the animated series, when they had the flashback to earlier in the episode, like that's what it felt like. Yeah.
2: Great song though. Goodbye, horses. That is Love a, that, is that song. That's a very good song. The music in this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Definitely better than uh, Kevin Smith's usual <laughs> uh, soundtrack choices.
1: Just a completely nothing of a film. Um, I I do I do have to say again though. I was super disappointed. We did not get a callback to Berserker. That was like the one thing I would have appreciated a callback to. Why did we not see Jay's cousin come back? Why? Why did we not hear Berserker <laughs> at least one time? Come on, it's my favorite joke from the originals from the original movie.
2: Uh, also, our, our running gag of being like phase one, phase two of the view universe <laughs> kind of falls apart at this point because there's really only a phase one and then there's yeah. this movie, well, and then they made the new Jay and Silent Bob movie just last year. So yeah. like, it, it he doesn't the Viewersky universe is kind of dead. Like this is phase two in its entirety in this movie, basically. Well, I'm gonna really say bad. that
1: like, uh, uh, like like that image of of the crab getting its head cut off. I'm like, this kills the Viewersky universe. This <laughs> is this is like the end point of it. Now we are just. Uh, we are just in the soup of like Kevin Smith's late career sludge.
2: It's all just a extended terrible death dream of his career. <laughs> and it just won't end.
1: Because after this, like I mean, I do kind of see Clerks too as the end in a way an end of an era because it kind of feels like he kind of gave up on the view askew thing after this point because after this we got like Zack and Miri and, and Cop Out and all that shit where he really goes full out for the studio filmmaking.
2: The thing is uh, like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was kind of the end of the view universe and he attempted to do one different thing which yeah. was Jersey Girl and everyone hated that so much that <laughs> so he was immediately like I'm going back. Oh yeah. Back to the well we're doing Clerks again. That
1: might be right yeah. <laughs> And Clerks 2 could have been, like, it could have been a lovely send-off, and unfortunately... It it, couldn't
2: have been. It could not have been. Maybe not
1: under Kevin (laughs) Smith, but unfortunately it wasn't. And uh, I think think that's all I have to say about this movie. This sucks. (laughs) Oh, uh, I do feel we should mention, uh, since... uh, I don't know you can keep you can keep this in if you want to. I don't know. Um, uh, and I feel like we should mention since we have a bit of a connection to uh, uh, our sister podcast, Struggle Session, uh, the anti Star Wars prequel propaganda present in this oh, yeah. film. Uh, Disgusting. We are. I. You know. I know we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but like, let's get serious for a second. We have to stand against. Anti prequel propaganda. <laughs> so do not yeah. watch. The so good,
2: folks. <laughs> if 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 Kevin had really had any spine, he would have had Randall stand up for the prequels. Now, but of course, really? of oh course, God, he would so have caved easy. to the popular opinion of the time.
1: That would have been actually that would have been an incredible scene if Randall was sticking up for like Phantom Menace. Now that, that would yeah. be
0: a landmark in awful movies. <laughs> like an awful movie sticking up for what a lot of people thought was an awful movie. <laughs> yeah. But also, doesn't that make more sense? And if, if you're doing a sequel to
2: clerks, instead of having the Lord of the Rings bullshit, why wouldn't they do an argument where like uh, Dante thinks the prequels are bad. Oh God, but you're Randall right. Defends them. Doesn't that fit much more in line with the original one where they're arguing about star Wars.
1: Um, Trev, you're actually, that's actually completely right. And, uh, yeah. Maybe if Kevin was a better writer, he would have
2: realized that. Look, if if the three of us uh, all got together to write a Clerks movie, we would probably be a lot better. But guess what? (laughs) I'm not doing it. It's not going to happen.
0: I'll write a Clerks Uh, movie, but it'll just be... No, I
1: won't do it, actually. Well, you can...
2: You have fun with that. I'm not helping.
1: So it's it's always very funny to me, the idea of, like, these nerd wars where... Uh, I didn't mean nerd wars as in Star Wars. I meant nerd wars <laughs> Nerd as, wars! As, the, these nerd wars where they're arguing about Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings as if they're it's this, like, super niche thing. And I'm like, these are two of the biggest films of all time. <laughs> like, these are two After of them. Bl- these like, are all super popular. <laughs> And when the Lord of the
2: Rings movies came out, nothing funny. Everybody about loved them.
1: Everybody loved yeah. those movies. Everyone loved Star Wars. Everyone loved Lord of the Rings. Like well, it's yeah, not contentious. It- well,
2: yeah, well, it's sort of acknowledged, but also Randall is supposed to be like an iconoclast for thinking that they suck and that Star Wars is good, which is, <laughs> it is also insanely insane popular. insane thing to think a, a, that a, a, it a, sucks, though. A real person's reaction to that would be like, yeah, I like Star Wars, too. What are you talking about? They're both good. There's no tension between liking Star Wars and liking Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Nonsense.
0: The only rational reason that Randall could possibly have for disliking Lord of the Rings Is that he's too afraid that it's gay.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is true because he talks about how gay it is. Yeah, exactly. But also referencing the prequels would have been a more current thing Uh... uh, because Revenge of the Sith had just come out the year before this, whereas Lord of the Rings ended back in 2003. So it just would have made more sense if the, (laughs) the gags had been about the prequels, even if I don't know whatever fuck you kevin
0: fuck you kevin all
1: I, right uh, i will not say fuck you kevin because I'm, I'm very polite but kevin please okay. do, yeah, I'm gonna do cut better i'm, fuck
2: you, I'm glad you're all coming around to I don't the dark uh, ad- you, you're all coming around to the dark side uh, I, g- so I got say.
0: heated kevin i'm sorry i got heated <laughs> no you prequels, will not edit that out i'm not gonna edit it out but i will apologize now and say that the prequels get me heated man they're good movies um I'm sorry.
1: Kevin, please hear, use your connections to fund other filmmakers. Please just like give, g- use your connections and support other filmmakers. <laughs> it's it's over now. Support
2: us doing this podcast. We we do not need a support.
1: <laughs> we need a Kevin, I don't want
2: Give I, us each $1,000 a month. Okay, that was fine. I'll take that. Kevin should give, give me money. Give us the
1: Yang Gang deal and yeah. uh, I will stop making this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just like you donated all that money to the uh, gay charity after James (laughs) Bond Strike Back, you should donate money to us for having to endure your terrible
0: movies. All right. Well. (laughs) So enough of uh, enough of awful movies. Now let's move on to some truly awful tweets. We
2: gotta. It's time to talk about Kevin's real contributions to the culture, which are his posts,
0: Kevin's receipts,
1: and uh, I have one this week, which. Um, at least four people specifically sent to me because I guess
2: <laughs> our boy our boy went viral again yeah really been blowing up the Twitter waves lately
1: oh my gosh this one really blow up blew up and I gotta say it is uh, it is a funny feeling realizing that now I am so closely associated with Kevin Smith that people are sending me his shitty yeah t- <laughs> 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 okay, so real fans have already seen this. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: every, everyone knows what we're about to talk about. <laughs> okay,
1: February 19th, 2020. Uh, the photo is of Captain America in, in Endgame, uh, one of the many muddy, ugly-ass-looking frames from that movie. <laughs> and what Kevin says is, Oh, boy. Religions have been founded on the Bible, resulting in millions of people deriving inspiration and moral strength from amazing stories about fantastic feats of faith. Hundreds of years from now, our descendants will find divine inspiration from the story of Cap-wielding Mjolnir. The thing is,
0: (laughs) I don't think he's entirely- I mean, he's wrong. This is incorrect. But I, from a very dumb guy perspective, right? You read about Hercules and you're like, oh damn, this was like their comic books back then, right? Like, I remember thinking that when I was like 16.
1: Oh my God, me too. Me too. I thought I was so deep. I thought I was so deep realizing that.
2: Approximately a billion people have made the observation that comic books are the new mythology. Yes, yes. Yes. It's not really novel. But like, as a
0: filmmaker and an adult, you have, like, you just have to know... I can understand, like, a guy who watches, goes to the movie like twice a year and watches football games. Whatever. You don't have to think anything about this. But Kevin loves movies and makes movies (laughs) as his job. There's so much shit now, and it's not going to matter. Like, it it is Uh insane to me that an adult man could, like, actually have this thought. And it makes me feel so much worse for being mean to him all the time. Uh,
2: Also, (laughs) Mjolnir. Mjolnir is already from mythology. It's, right. that's, it's already that's, <laughs> that's, that's It's uh, like Thor is a mythological character who's being <laughs> used in these comic books. And then Kevin's being like, wow, this is going to be like
0: the mythology someday. It's already mythology. And Thor uh, was originally just a ripoff of Superman. And that's who would be the mythology because that's the original yes. character that is like Obviously, stands for it. Our friend Leslie Lee had a reaction to this
2: <laughs> post that I think was very apt. Oh, I he didn't said, see this. He said, can't get mad at this take when every youth preacher for the past 40 years has been saying, well, you know, guys, the Bible is where you find the first superhero stories. (laughs) Take a look at David. I thought that that was such a funny observation about this because it made me realize Kevin Smith is absolutely the kind of guy who as a kid went to church camp and got his mind blown by some youth pastor being like, you know, Jesus was like the original Spider-Man. So I,
0: I work at a church. And last year, they had a day camp, and it was superhero themed, and the children's minister was dressed up like Thor. <laughs> Not kidding. That's this was fucking. Like, that's paganism.
1: Yeah. That's, pagan. that's, that's he's a heathen. Well, they're that's Methodists. Idolatry. They can do whatever they oh, want. Oh, okay. Sure. So.
2: But also, the way he refers specifically to the Bible there, it's almost like Kevin doesn't know that other mythology existed, because he's like. <laughs> You know, in the old days, they had the Bible, but now they have new uh, mythological heroes like Thor. <laughs> I,
0: that is just like very stupid on the face of it, but there, there is like a, the deeper level of stupidity is what really upsets me. Is that but like- it just
2: makes sense when you think about his background because he grew up Catholic, and you
0: know that he like had fucking cool youth pastors that talked yeah. about comic books and he Catholic it was people. So awesome. I don't think they have cool youth pastors. So, I, do I, they not? No, I I was raised Catholic.
2: Oh, interesting. Because I think in this movie, he has uh, the Elias character refer to like having a youth pastor when he's talking about Transformers and Jesus and shit. Oh, you're right. So now it's making me wonder if there's another level to that where Kevin Smith is trying to throw shade at Protestants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have some good replies to this tweet here. One from a friend of the pod, mutual of mine, at Boringstein. Uh, he says, I'm begging you to please tweet about your taint more instead of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's, there's one other reply here that I want to read that reflects a pattern in the replies. Um, where this user says, um, at movie buff 100, which I do not know <laughs> if that's an ironic name or not, but I find that funny. They say, uh, I respect your opinion, Kevin. But Endgame came out not even a year ago. TBH, there isn't that much buzz or talk about it. To the extent of a nearly four years old Batman v Superman film, oh, just man. something to think about. <laughs> uh, and there are so many replies in here that are like uh, hashtag release the Snyder Cut.
2: <laughs> why do these people have to embarrass me? I,
1: <laughs> I can't tell if that's a shit post or not. Like to me, it reads like a shit post, but I'm so no, irony poisoned that like, I've
2: I've seen so many of these people and they're
0: dead serious. <laughs>
2: It's weird. I have to say this: the uh, there are a lot of like weird like DC stand people on Twitter, and they have a lot of the same weird qualities as like the MCU stand Twitter people. But the difference I've noticed in most of them is that they also talk about like good movies and they like good directors <laughs> and shit. Whereas the MCU stands think Martin Scorsese is like the devil. <laughs> so I have to say the DC Snyder cut weirdos—they're weird, but they're still cooler than mcu people
0: (laughs) i can't disagree um okay as
2: we saw in this movie uh, and some of his other movies kevin really loves the word clit and that was something (laughs) that i was thinking about so i just did a casual search through his tweets (laughs) for the obviously he has the famous clit brown taint area
0: tweet the famous one
2: but I I just searched for the word "clit" in his tweets, and I found some very bizarre That's what results. You did.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, well that makes sense.
2: <laughs> Friends of ours will have already seen it because I retweeted a bunch of them.
0: <laughs>
2: but um, he's got ones. This goes back to 2009, where he was really posting about clits a lot. <laughs> Uh, somebody he's responded to someone who asked him how's big how big's your penis he says not big at all more of a clit when not turgid but it goes zero to 60 when engorged appearing Good Lord. average then this this one is truly bizarre and it really makes me wonder about him because i don't know what he's talking about this he tweeted this on christmas morning 2009 to the clit curious jailbait. listen kid you're way behind your friends do it they just don't tell you Make it a Christmas to remember. What the what the fuck is Kevin talking about? I, get... I think he's talking to children. It sounds like he's talking to children. It says jailbait. call them says jail, jailbait. jailbait call them children. He tweeted this on Christmas morning <laughs> when he was presumably <laughs> celebrating with his wife and his a... 10-year-old daughter. Did he tell this to his what? daughter and think, oh, I, I should tell I, this I to know. the world? I really hope he doesn't call his own daughter clit-curious jailbait. Oh, my Uh, God. Responding to another tweet that says, I would totes go lesbonic for your wife. He says, I do. My dick's more like an enlarged clit than a cock. That's why she digs me. Jesus Um, Christ. This is another inscrutable one that I don't know what he's saying. (laughs) Filthy mouth on paper first, then back of neck, shoulders, nipples, top of ass, ring piece, taint, gentle flip, mound, lips, hood, and clit. Is this poetry?
0: What is he what is he talking about? He's just horny online and like of all of all So the The, it's so gross the Daughter, it... the, the children one, not okay. Yeah. Just being horny online, that's like one of his most I can't think of the word. I don't have a problem with him being horny online.
2: It's not so much these horny. On- I do have a problem with them being horny online because it's disgusting. But what's really baffling about it is they post this fucking gibberish. It's just raunchy nonsense. And hey,
1: what's the paper thing?
2: I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. I think what he means is that he's writing, he's got a filthy mouth on paper because he writes dirty comedy. Uh, but then oh, he goes gosh. from writing dirty comedy to putting his filthy Jesus mouth on Christ. all of these lady parts. I'm not sure if I'm reading that right. But that's the best I can no, do. No, I think
1: it. I think that's right. I'm disgusted.
2: Non-tactile hand job equals air handy. Shitters what? get cablocked. Lovers get air handies. Virtual cock slash clit strokes from me to you. Hashtag air handy. This feels like
1: <laughs> nope. a bot. This feels like randomly I know, generated. it doesn't feel
0: like a real person. Can we start calling our large and dedicated fan base air handies? <laughs> no, we cannot.
1: No, we call them pigs. And of course, <laughs> finally,
2: right. responding to someone trolling him saying, You had sex in your fucking dreams, fat lad and he says even as a fatty I've had lots of sex because I'm an insatiable clit licker Jesus Christ (laughs) so gross and then after that it's just a bunch of him referencing his own famous tweet because it'd become infamous by then so whatever he also has a few where he's defending his wife because she plays the lady in this movie with the oversized clit so he has multiple tweets where he insists that his wife has a normal clit (laughs) in real life
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: hell yeah dude
1: oh god boy oh boy i i i just have to get this out there i just want to say that you know today i could have done so many other things besides watching kevin smith's clerks too
2: you brought but this all on yourself <laughs> Before,
1: i really needed to bring this up because it was such a contrast Um, Before I started uh, recording or before I started watching the the movie tonight, I was like working on an essay, like analyzing Parasite, this like wonderful masterpiece Korean film. And uh, I had to move to watching Clerks 2 and not only that, but partway through it, like one of my crushes, like texted me being like hey do you want a skype call right now and i'd be like <laughs> and i had to be like no i'm sorry i'm watching clerks 2 for my stupid fucking podcast about
0: Kevin that Smith. is the funniest thing I have
1: ever, ah, and I just kept thinking, like, my God, all the things I could be doing with my life besides watching Kevin Smith movies.
2: Yeah, I had nothing better to do today, so it's fine.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was
0: off today. I was just hanging out.
2: Yeah, the word, but the words "clit," "curious," "jailbait" are gonna be become an invasive thought that haunts me for probably the rest of my life. So, so I thank you did for that, Kevin. See
0: that one. All those except for the last two were new to me, and I feel so bad.
1: Yeah, I feel disgusting <laughs> after this dog shit movie and after these awful, awful tweets. Uh, yeah, I think I've definitely turned on Kevin. I'm just like disgusted at this point. The
2: last frontier of this podcast is uncovering whether or not Kevin is secretly a sicko pervert. <laughs> <laughs> and I might have more to say on that in a future episode. Yeah, we've
1: definitely got we've we've definitely gone far enough now that we've accepted that he's not very good at making movies. <laughs> He's pretty awful online, but is he a sicko?
2: Is he a sex criminal? (laughs) The jury's still out,
1: but we will see.
0: The objective of this podcast has changed radically, and it it has become something very serious.
1: It's like serial season four.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to go from we need to talk about Kevin to we need to stop Kevin. (laughs)
1: Oh my God! Yeah, we're go- we're gonna put together a renegade team to like go hunt down. Kevin Smith, put a stop to this. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, so lots more fun on the horizon. <laughs> what do we have ne- wait, what do we have next week? Z- uh, Zach, and, Zach Mary and Mary make
2: a Mary porno, porno. oh boy it's a bad one I'm not looking forward to watching that which, again which
1: I didn't even realize that was a Kevin Smith film I thought that was a Judd Apatow film and then I found out that it's a knockoff basically yeah
2: it's Kevin Smith trying to do a Judd Apatow movie which, which, yeah. which is just upsetting to, to witness I actually
0: have seen this movie um, Oh wow! I do not remember it at all so I'm excited <laughs>
1: I'm kind of curious to see what he's gonna do with like a, a completely new cast. It seems like Seth Rogen and uh, who's the who's the lady in it?
2: Elizabeth Banks. Yes, Elizabeth
1: Banks. I'm kind of curious to see what happens there, but I do not have I do not have high hopes for it. That is for sure.
0: All right. Uh, well, <laughs> bye everybody. <laughs> why did i say that That's so weird bye thank
2: you for listening
1: do, do, do please please do not watch these movies please have a have a good night bye please stay
2: Before we get into Kevin's receipts, I gotta go pee real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'll be right
0: back. Leaving that in, everybody? No, don't leave that in. I'm gonna leave it in, uh, then Rose and I are gonna say a bunch of slurs, and we're gonna cut that out.
1: Alright, you you start. <laughs> I, I will not say I'm, I'm very polite. But yeah, I think i have definitely at this point.